Thank you for listening to the Pentecostals of Bossier City Sermon Podcast. For more information, including our live webcast schedules, please visit www.pobc.cc. All right, are you ready to hear the word of the Lord this morning? We're going we're gonna to go to the word of God uh, first in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 24. And I'm going to preach this morning on the road to glory. The road to glory. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 24, and we'll put them up on the screen. So he drove out the man, and, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. I'm going to let them get this out of the way because nobody's looking at me. They're all watching, looking at all this money, and some of you are wanting to know how much it is, and it won't be enough, I promise you. All right, so he, he put a sword there to keep the way. Everybody say the way. This is a Hebrew word that is pronounced close to this, derek. It is uh, often translated journey, but it can be translated a street or a road. So he puts these angels here in, in the way of the tree of life. In Acts 19 and 11, the Bible said, And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. There was a house, I mean a house on a street, street called straight. There was some symbolism here, obviously, because straight is the way, right? Narrow is the gate. Now, in relation to chapter 3 and 24 of Genesis, look at what we find in the book of Revelation, chapter 22 and verse 2. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, here's the beautiful part about this verse. You remember that God had blocked the road. He would blocked the street to the tree of life. But in Revelation 22 and verse 2, it said, in the midst of the street. Now, God's made a way now. God removed the block. He removed the roadblock. Genesis 3 and 24, he, he put up a roadblock on a way, on a street, on a derrick. And now then, in Revelation 22 and 2, it's open. This is the last mention of the word street, and this Greek word is platea. But uh, we're going to talk about the way. We're going to talk about the road. We're calling this the road to glory. And I have more material here than probably you're going to want to be interested in hearing. But I have an important word for you this morning. And I want you to listen to it now. Our theme this year is the journey. So this implies we're going somewhere. We're on a road, right? We're headed somewhere. And uh, we have some little pamphlets out at the information booth, if you didn't pick one up, we'd like for you to pick one up and put it in your house, put it in your Bible, put it on your refrigerator, put it somewhere to keep you in constant reminder about the walk, about 
our worship about the war and about our witness. But uh, in Bible days, you're going to find in, in Jerusalem, even today, in the old city of Jerusalem, there are some gates. Now, not all of these gates date back all the way back to the time of King David, but there are six gates that that have been there for millenniums, and they still stand there today. One of the gates is called the Damascus Gate. The reason they call it the Damascus Gate is because if you leave this gate and you keep walking on this road, guess where you're going to wind up? You're going to Damascus. Now, it's a long way to Damascus. I understand it's about 138 miles uh, if a crow was flying. So I don't know how long the distance would be if you took the winding roads. And they have what's called the Joppa Gate. Does anybody guess where Joppa Gate's going? If you get on the Joppa Gate, you're going to Joppa. There is, uh, there's, uh, in the older part of the city, there's a gate that's called the Zion Gate. Now, I would love to see this in person, but if you ever go to Jerusalem, you will recognize the, the Zion Gate because I am told that there are many bullet holes in this gate, and you'll not be able to see them, perhaps, in this picture. There's also another gate. It's kind of a nasty name. It's called the Dung Gate. But the Dung Gate, I understand, is the closest gate to the temple. If uh, you happen to be going through the Dung Gate, you're, you're at the gate that's closest to the temple. They have another gate that's called Lion's Gate. And uh, it's still there today in Jerusalem. You can see it in the picture. And then the last gate is what we know as the Eastern Gate. Now, if you look at the Eastern Gate, you'll notice that there's something different about this gate. What is it? It's blocked. There's no opening. It's closed. Hallelujah. But it's not going to be closed forever. Because this is the gate Messiah is going to come back through. Right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's coming through the eastern gate. Amen. But we read about this. And we read about other roads in the Bible. There was Jesus in the parable of the Good Samaritan talked about the road to Jericho. And the two disciples after the resurrection, what road were they on? The road to Emmaus. There uh, is the road to Bethlehem. And uh, in this particular road in Bethlehem, uh, get on this road, I understand it wasn't all that far from, uh, from Jerusalem, maybe in somewhere about seven miles perhaps from Jerusalem. So if you got on the road to Bethlehem, you're on your way to Bethlehem. Now, uh, if, 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 if we had that going on in our world today, it would kind of be in a mess. However, we do have a little bit of that that still goes on. We have Benton Road. So if you get on Benton Road, where are you going? You're going to Benton. And we actually have Old Benton Road. Because that, I suppose, was the old road to Benton. We also have the Old Minden Road. In Bozier, right? But more than we have names like that, we, we've given most of our roads, especially when you get out of the city, 
They'll be known by a highway number. It's uh, Highway 71 or Interstate 20 or whatever it might be. But in the Bible, a road would not be defined by how it looks. But a road was defined by where it was taking you. It might be paved, it might be crooked, it might be straight, steep, or level, but wherever that road was going is what it would be called. If you were coming back to Jerusalem, the road would have a different name. If you were leaving Bethlehem and you were going up to Jerusalem, it would be called the Jerusalem Road. So depending on which way you're going, you would have the name of the road because the road was defined by its destination. Somebody say destination. In Proverbs chapter 14 and 12, this word direct, derek, if I can say it right, it's a Hebrew word. It said there is a way, and that's that same word that was used in Genesis 3 and 24. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So here you are on a road, it looks good, it's a comfortable road, maybe it's not twisting and crooked and it looks good, but the destination is death. I don't want to be on that road, do you? This, this is a kind of a strange thing because uh, in, the, in the book of Proverbs, again, in 16 and 25, you have the same, you have the same thing. There is a way, there is a direct. That seemeth right unto a, unto a man, but the end thereof, the end, the Greek, the Hebrew word is A-K-H-A-R-E-E-T-H-K. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. I would, I would just kind of want to believe that if, if God puts something twice in the word of God, there must be a need to emphasize that. Can I get an amen from somebody? So we have two times there is a way that seems right. It looks like a good road. But where's the road going? It's, it's not a good road because it ends in death. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth, leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Verse 14 said, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. The word narrow there carries with it the definition of constricted. It, it, it's not a comfortable road. It don't feel all that great. Maybe it's crooked, maybe it's steep, or maybe it's narrow. As the King James word here is used, it's a narrow road and the gate is straight. In other words, it's hard to get through that gate. But it, it's going where I want to go. So the basis of the message today is really the road is not so important. Whether this road has brought me a lot of comfort or pleasure or whether there's a lot of people on this road. But it's the end that I'm concerned about. Where is this road going to take me now? If you don't know where you're going, if you don't know where you want to go, I don't guess it matters what road you're on. But if you know where you want to go, and ultimately I am convinced 
we all want to go to glory. Or we, we probably wouldn't be here today, right? So Jesus is saying, sometimes this road may be constricted. It may be narrow. The gate straight. It may not be easy to traverse. It, it may be uncomfortable at times. And there's not a lot of people on this road. If you want to go where all the people are, you're going to have to get on the road that's comfortable. Jesus said, few there be that find it. But the end thereof, this is where I want to be. The end thereof is life. And that's what I want. Ecclesiastes 7 and 8 said, better is the end of a thing. And it's the same Hebrew word that I spelled to you a moment ago. Than the beginning thereof. And the patient of spirit is better than the proud of spirit. So I'm more concerned about the end than I am what's going on right now. We have a number of people in our local assembly who have been through chemotherapy treatments. And they went through some terrible pain and discomfort. And as Brother Barry here, they lost their hair. They lost their eyebrows. He lost his facial hair. It's gone. And it's an uncomfortable time in his life. Why are you doing that, Barry? Because the end is what he's concerned about. He could have all his, well, he didn't have a head full of hair before it happened, but he could have what hair he had and forego the radiation and the chemo and then, but the end thereof. So the end of a matter is more important. This is why Ecclesiastes 7 and 2 said, It is better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men. And it's that same word. The end is more important than what... And he said, if you, go to the, if you go to a funeral, you'll lay some things to heart. You'll start looking at your life. You go to a party, man, it's, you're on the broad road. You're, you're on the comfortable road. You're having a good time. But when you see the end of it... So the road is known in the Bible by its destination. Where does this road take me? And this is important for you and I. Amen. Jesus has never promised that living. In fact, he said, they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Amen. I read something to my wife last night, a quote, and I can't repeat it verbatim, but it was basically, the further a nation is removed from its moral borings. In other words, the further away it gets from morality, the more people who are against morality will hate those people who taught it. It's happening in our world today. We're, we're seeing that. Amen. It's better to go to the house of mourning to the house of feasting. So the message today is you do not judge the journey by the road you're on right now. You judge the journey by where this road is taking me. Where is it taking me? When Eve looked at the fruit, the Bible said in the Garden of Eden that it, it was pleasant to the eyes. It looked good. But the end was death. The end was death. Separation from God. Uh, in the Christmas carol, the story of Ebenezer Scrooge is a, 
It's, it's been a fascinating story, and it still lives unto this day, though it was written uh, so long ago. Well, what happens to old mean, ugly, foul Ebenezer Scrooge is that he's visited by the ghost of Christmas past and the ghost of Christmas present and the ghost of Christmas future. Well, oh, when old Ebenezer takes a road into the future and Ebenezer sees where he's going and where he's going to wind up, he realized, I'm not on the right road. I'm ready to go buy somebody a turkey. I'm fixing to change my life. It was important, so important to him. The Magi, the three wise men from the east who came out of the land of Persia, which I understand today would be Iraq. These were not uh, necessarily spiritually minded people. They were probably practicing astrology. They practiced and dabbled in the things that God called an abomination in the Old Testament. But thank God they saw a star and they got on the right road. They didn't know necessarily where this road was going to take them, but they're on the right road. How foolish would someone look driving full speed ahead without knowing where they are going. And a couple, a few years ago, we did this little thing and asked the people the question, what kind of old person do you want to be? Because I know some old people that I love being around. And I'm, I also have met some old people in my life that a few minutes is enough for me. I don't want to be that kind of old person. Well, what kind of road are you on? Because the road you're on is taking you where you want to go. I, I, I read a book and I tried in vain to remember which book it was. When I got through that book, every important person in the book was dead. That was the most depressing book I've ever read. Who wants to read a book where everybody dies? I want to read a book where they're in bad trouble. And they come out with a victory. Isn't that the kind of book you want to read? Take a look around this room tonight or this morning. My good friends, everybody you're looking at is going to die. Unless the rapture takes us out, we're going to die. And I want to be on the road to glory. It may feel constricted at some point in time. I may not feel good. This road may be narrow and crooked and it may even be steep, but that's one of the reasons I come to the house of God because sometimes I need to be encouraged. Sometimes I need the preacher to get up and say, hang in there. Sometimes I need a man of God or the word of God to say, keep walking. Hallelujah. It, it may not feel good right now. It may be uncomfortable right now. You may feel constricted right now. The world may be laughing at you right now. Somebody you work with may be thinking you're crazy. Don't worry about it because I'm on the road to glory. Hallelujah. And the road to glory is the road that I want to stay on. Amen. Naaman was a leper, and the thought of jumping and dipping in the muddy Jordan was kind of, it just kind of turned his stomach. He's like, there are more beautiful rivers back where I came from than the muddy Jordan River. He, he, he didn't want to get in the river. He didn't want to wash in the Jordan River because it was apparently a nasty-looking river. But somebody reminded him, you came down here to be healed of leprosy. If he had asked you to do something good, wouldn't you? 
have done it. I got to tell you, he climbed out of the chariot and he dipped seven times back down in that muddy Jordan River. I can promise you when he got back to the land of his calling, when he got back home and looked back on that journey that he had walked on, he wasn't worried about whether the Jordan was a muddy river or a clean river or a pretty river. It didn't matter to him. All that mattered to him was it didn't look good at the moment, but it looks good now. I'm going to tell you, I want to get up there someday and look back on this road and say, yeah, that was not an easy day. That was a tough season. That was a tough year in my life. We had to fight the devil during that time, but thank God I stayed on the road to glory. I didn't get off because it felt pleasant or better or good or easier on the road that leads to destruction. I decided I'm going to take this journey because the end of my journey determines the road that I'm on. And we're all on a journey. Where is this road taking me? I don't want to be guilty of judging my life by how good it is by looking around me. I have people often say to me, uh, is everything going all right? And I love doing this because I, I promise you, I think I've done it maybe two or three hundred times. I say, no, sir. No, ma'am. And it stuns them because they don't know what to say. Because we lie about that all the time. We're just accustomed to saying absolutely the big word a few years ago. How are you doing? Fantastic. I ain't always doing fantastic. I got Jesus and the road's narrow right now. People ask me that. I say, no, everything's not all right. I got a few things I need to pray about. Thank God. It keeps me praying. Keeps me on my knees. And then you get all these kind of responses. Well, you know what I meant. Or, well, I understand what you're saying. Everything's not going to always be good. The apostle said, beware when all men speak well of thee. But we're living in a culture where we are being catered to on every hand. And kids are growing up in school. And they get a good grade whether they pass or they fail. Whether they win or they lose. They're getting a trophy. And so they grow up with this concept that life is all about me and life life is not all about me and then they go up and they get a job and they go to work and they realize there's some things involved in this life besides me posting my picture on Instagram and seeing how many likes I get and I got to set the alarm clock my grandson Raylan was playing on my iPad last night and about 5.12 my wife was kicking me saying you need to get up and turn off your alarm. I'm like I didn't set my alarm for the middle of the night. Little Raylan did that. Thank you for teaching your son how to set Papa's alarm. I don't know what that meant. That's life. You don't judge a road by its surroundings. You don't judge a road by whether the steel, the hill you're climbing is steep or whether it's crooked or whether it's narrow. Paul was shipped he was stoned he was fed the lions but please note he never complained do you know why he said it's working for me a far greater weight of glory he's on the glory road yep I had a bad night I got whipped I got beat I got thrown in jail but sometimes the road's not easy that's okay because the end of the road the end of the road somebody shout the end of the road it's the end of a matter that's important the wise men say said not where you are right now 
Joseph, if you would have read Joseph's life in Genesis chapter 37 through 39, the road wasn't pleasant. There was nothing pleasant about it. But then you read 40 and beyond. And he said in Genesis 50 and 20 to his brothers who thought he would kill him now that his daddy had died. He said, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, I'm going to nourish you and your little ones and he comforted them and spoke kindly unto them wouldn't it be incredible if all of us could have this approach about our life in the good time and in the bad time I'm in the hand of God yeah the road's narrow I don't worry about trying to live a holy life and to stay separated from this world there are times when I'm going to say no to some things no I'm not going to listen to that no I'm not going to watch that no I'm not going to heed the counsel of the ungodly I'm not standing in the way of sinners. Well, it's a constricted way. People say, oh, y'all are living a hard. We're not living a bad life. We're on the glory road. Somebody ought to shout amen to that. Somebody ought to shout amen. Yeah, God meant it for bad. No, he didn't mean it for bad. He meant it for good. You got to watch this from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 8 through 18. This is a long reading. You're going to love this. I I chose to read this to you from the Message Bible. Just listen to this right quick with me. As it is, there's not much a chance of that. For you know yourselves that we're not much to look at. Don't get to looking at my life, he's saying, and making a judgment call. <laughs> We've been surrounded and battered by troubles. We're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do. But we know that God knows what we do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. What they did to Jesus, they did to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. Our lives are at a constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we're going through the worst, you're getting in on the best. We're not keeping quiet, not on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believed it, so I said it. We say what we believe, and what we believe, believe is that the one who raised up the master Jesus will just as certainly raise us up with you alive every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory more and more grace more and more people more and more praise so we're not giving up somebody shout it we're not giving up Shout it out. We're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life. Not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the good times that's coming. The lavish celebration prepared for us. For there's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are today. Gone tomorrow but the things we can't see now will last forever the King James Bible called it this light momentary affliction hallelujah let me read to you the 13th verse from the King James he said we having the same spirit of faith according 
everything is as, as is written. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Remember that message I preached to you three Sundays ago? You've got to put the word of God in your mouth. You have to believe it in your heart and you have to confess it with your mouth. He said, I believed it and therefore I have spoken it. So it don't matter to me this morning if the road feels narrow and constricted. I'm not worried about it. I'm okay. Hallelujah. Because I'm on the glory road. We went out. We went out on vacation to Wyoming and you leave the highway there. I don't remember the highway number, but if you kept going west, you'd go right into Yellowstone National Park. And uh, I, I used to know exactly how long it took you, when you got off of the uh, when you got off the main highway and you you took this little gravel road and it was rough. It was like you were riding in a stagecoach. It just like bumpy and bumpy and and uh, I did one of these time lapse videos one time. I think it took us about ten minutes to get up to the little to the little cottage, a little house that we had rented for a few days. And uh, it, it's that kind of country that I love because it's kind of like cowboy country. It's mountains, but it's not big trees. It's shrubs and rocks, and and uh, Indians are hiding around every rock, and and you just wonder if a mountain lion's going to jump on the top of you or something out there. And I, I love that little situation. But every time we went into town, you got to take that little road going back. And every time you come out, you got to take that bumpy road. It's going to take you a few minutes. You're not driving this road fast. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. But you're going to drive it. Why are you driving that? Why are you willing to do that? Because that little college was, was the sweetest little place, man. It wasn't, wasn't that it was nice. It was just that it was out there where I love to be. Oh my God. I went up on the mountain. I found that trail. I went to the top of the mountain. I could see for miles and miles and miles and miles. And when I got up to the top of the mountain and I turned around and I looked for that little trail that the lady had pointed out to me so I could get to the top of the mountain and not break my neck, I couldn't see that trail. Let me tell you one of these days when you look back and you saw, you, you, you remember days when the road was narrow and life was tough and life was hard and God wasn't coming through when you thought he should have. You won't even remember it. You won't see that day when you just had to get your hands up and it took every ounce of strength and faith and confidence in God to throw that hand up in the air and say, I, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise to God. When you had to force your way into the worship service to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I'm on the glory road this morning. I'm on the glory road this morning. Hallelujah. What happens today is important because it may keep me on the road. In the book of Proverbs chapter 7, there is this interesting story of, of the wise man who said he was looking out of his window and he, he observed a young man who was uh, going down the street and he said it was in the twilight. It was in the dark night. And there was on the side of the street near her corner, he said, there was a woman, a prostitute. And when he walked past her, you know, you're on the wrong street, man. You're on the wrong road. My brother, 
My brother that's a songwriter many, many years ago, you old timers remember he wrote this song called I Choose to Be a Christian. I choose to be like him. Nobody's holding a gun to my head. You remember that? Anybody remember that old song? Well, we had general conference in New Orleans and, and he was down on Bourbon Street. And he said this one joint had some saloon doors and he's hearing music and he said, I'm just curious about what's going on in, in this whatever it was. And he said, I had bent over and I was kind of looking under the doors just to get a peek at what was happening. He said, little boy, tapped me on the back and said, hey, aren't you the guy that wrote, I choose to be a Christian? <laughs> you know, that little voice is the one I want in my ear every day. That little voice is the one I want tapping me on the shoulder saying you're on the wrong road. This is not the road you started on. This is not the road to glory. You've taken the wide way. The, the, you, you need to get back on that narrow road. Somebody I'm preaching to this morning needed this message or God wouldn't have directed me to preach it. You're on the wrong road. Hey, it doesn't matter how good it feels right now or how much you're enjoying life right now or whether you it doesn't matter. Are you on the right road? Where Where's this road taking you? You know the old saying, you sow a thought and you reap a habit. You sow a habit and you reap a lifestyle. And you sow a lifestyle and you reap a destiny. That's so important. Brother Pugh used to say to us, heaven is not my goal. Heaven is my destiny. My goal is to live for God. My goal is to stay on the narrow road. My goal is to refrain, lay aside every sin and the weight. That, that, that's my goal. My goal is is to get up and pray that confession every day. My goal is to say I'm going to sing. My heart is fixed. My goal is to be a worshiper. My goal is to fight the good fight. That's my goal. But if I'm on this road, I'm going to get where I want to go. It's the road to life eternal. Somebody clap your hands right now. Praise him would you do that. Musicians are going to come. That little man, he walked there, and this lady caught him, the Bible said. She caught him. She smelled good. He's a young man. She smelled good. She said, I got my bed all perfumed up. My husband's gone. He's on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him, implying he ain't going to be back for a while. So we're safe. We're good. Everything's cool. And he watched the young man go with her. Like a bird, he said to the snare. Like a dart had pierced his liver. But in the end of that, verse 27 of Proverbs, it said, her house is the way. That's the word. Derek. Derek. The house is the way to hell. Going down to the chambers of death. Esau traded his birthright for a bowl of beans. Anybody else like me when your wife's got beans and bacon in the crock pot and it been simmering all day? Ha! I felt the Holy Ghost when I said that. You walk in that house and you can smell, you can smell those lima beans or whatever kind of beans you had and that bacon and it's just... 
I never thought about throwing anything away for a bowl of her beans. But Esau traded his birthright away for a bowl of beans and later hated his brother for it. He was a profane man. He was on the wide road. He was doing things that felt good like the young man and the prostitute caught him and took him to her home. David traded his future. He traded his lineage. He traded his posterity. He brought more harm to his family than you can imagine. Read what Nathan the prophet said to him. When he went in with Bathsheba for one night of love, he saw her bathing on the rooftop. He should have been on the battlefield. He was at home. He had retired from battle. When Nathan the prophet spoke to him, he said, David... The sword will never depart from your house because you killed Uriah. He said, David, what you did in secret with another man's wife is going to be done with your wives in the open. The sword's never going to leave your house. One of David's sons raped one of his daughters. One of David's sons murdered another one of his sons. And the murderer took David's wives in front of all of Israel and went in and slept with them and led a massive rebellion. And David traded all of that away. Don't you wish we could read the life of David without a Bathsheba? He said, you despise the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight. feel like praying well what's the cost of not praying I don't feel I don't have time to get up and pray a little bit my job's demanding well what's the cost of that yeah it's constricting isn't it it's narrow I don't really have time to get in the word media fast starts in the morning ladies and gentlemen no Facebook no Instagram no Twitter work related internet only We'll see how much time we have. It's constricting. You want to put me in this little vice. Doing what's right, doing what's good may sometimes be hard on the flesh. <laughs> but I'm looking down the road. I want warning signs in my life. I want warning signs in my life. I want preachers in my life. I want counselors in my life. I want men of God in my life. Let me tell you what I read this morning in an email I get every day. Tell me who you're listening to right now. Who are your counselors? And I'll predict your future. My Jesus is a wonderful counselor. He's going to be my first counselor. Wink Carter, you remember the guitar player that played the blues? He came did our men's conference, and so we were talking, and I said, where'd you spend the night last night? And he said, in El Dorado, Arkansas. And I'm like, El Dorado, Arkansas? Why were you in El Dorado, Arkansas? Well, that's where my Google map took me. Well, you probably lost two hours driving. Nah, I don't care. It's all I do is drive. If you don't care, it don't matter. 
Unfortunately, I'm one of those males that gets in the car and looks at the clock and says, hey, I'm going to beat this road. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat my last time. My poor wife begging me to stop sometimes. I'm like, we got to get there. Why? I don't know. Anybody listening to me this morning? It's 11.22 and we're going to ask you for 10 minutes of war on the floor before you leave. 10 minutes of intense intercession in this altar. That's what I'm going to ask you for. There's some people here that want God. I know that. I feel it in my spirit. They want to make a change. It's a new year. They showed up today because they're like, we got to make some changes. Well, you got the message to make some changes. What road are you on? What road are you on? We went up to that funeral that I spoke at at the... Uh, at the cemetery in Magnolia and Google Maps. I tell people, you kind of need an idea of where you're going, really. So I plugged in uh, Memorial Cemetery, Magnolia. Bam! Pulled it right up. I'm in good shape. I'm going to leave a little early. I wanted to be there 30 minutes early. My Google Maps took me into the middle of an impoverished neighborhood. Your destination is on the right. Really? <laughs> so help me God. Two people, one of my news, a preacher, pulled in right behind me. They were both going to the funeral. I got in my car. He said, do you know where we are? I said, I don't have a clue. Were you watching Google Maps? I was following Google Maps. <laughs> it sure wasn't a cemetery. Who are you listening to? You got any idea where you're going? The end of a matter is better than the beginning. I'm going to get on this narrow road. How about you? Heaven's not my goal. It's my destiny. Just tell me what to do, Jesus, and I'm going to do it. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus didn't say everything's going to be peaches and cream. Jesus said, take up your cross and deny yourself and follow me. If you want to be my disciple... But we don't live with that ideal in our American culture. Well, let me tell you again, God's not American. He's God. Stand with me to your feet right now. Now, bow your heads all across this building. Come on, somebody. Listen to me just a moment. There's a price to be paid. He said it's a broad. Everybody's walking that road. Just because everybody's on that road don't mean, don't mean anything. Everybody else is doing it. Who cares? Everybody else is doing that and going here and doing this and watching that. Who cares? It don't matter. The end of a matter is better than the beginning. Father, now, right now, somebody's life hangs in the balance. Somebody's going to walk out of here changed and, and they're going to get on the right road or somebody's going to walk out of here stay on the wrong road but not before you reach for them today
Move on us, Lord Jesus. We're getting ready to come pray. Listen to me. I've got one more point I want to bring out to you. Psalm 120 through Psalm 134 are called songs of degrees. They're songs of degrees. And the Hebrew rabbis will tell you these were the songs. Three times a year, God called all the males to come to Jerusalem. Three times a year. (laughs) For seven feasts, three times a year. To get to Jerusalem, you had to go up. That's why they talked about going up to the house of the Lord. It was a tough climb. That's what made it such a protected and safe city. You can look at the pictures of Jerusalem even now, today, and you can see that Jerusalem was on a higher plateau. And so they wrote some songs. And that's what those people sang as they got to that last hill and they got to that last incline. They were singing those songs of degrees. The word degrees means ascents. We're going up now. Hallelujah. We need to encourage one another. That's why we come to the house of God. That's why we sing sometimes in our car. That's why I get a little godly music going on in the background. It's an encouragement to me. I'm on the road to glory. And sometimes I need encouraged. Sometimes the road feels constricted. Let's come for 10 minutes of intercessory prayer. I don't want you to come look around this morning. I want you to weigh what I preach to you today. Step as close as you can to the front. Because a whole lot of people are coming. And some guests are coming that's never been to this altar before. For. I got to take the right road. Well, it, it's just a little habit. It's just a little thought. It's just a little something, but it's not the right road. What road are you on? I'm on the road to glory this morning. It's leading to me to where I want to go. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Oh, my God. Come on and pray, everybody. If you can't make it to the front, just get as close as you can. If you can't stand, sit in a pew. Would you give me 10 minutes of intercessory prayer, soul-searching prayer? Would you, would you give God 10 minutes of introspection? The end of a matter, that's what counts. Not how I feel today. Not how I feel in that affair. Not how I feel with that... No, the end of a matter is what's important. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, God, I, I, I don't want this sermon to ever be forgotten by anybody that heard it. I, I'm praying, oh God, brand this message into our hearts. It's not my typical Sunday morning message, but it needed to be heard. Somebody needs the word of encouragement. Somebody needs a word of encouragement. Somebody needs to find out what road they're on. Are they on the narrow road? Does it feel constricted? It's okay. It's the road to glory. Hallelujah. Father, I This is my heart cry, no none go with me, the cross before me, the world behind me, 
This is my heart cry. Though none go with me, the cross before me, the world behind me.